Hey everybody, it's Zach, back with Misplay Mondays with episode 7, The End Step. This is not the end of the podcast. Unfortunate for some people, I assume. <laughs> not even the end of the term. We still have cleanup step. I know, right? Uh, before we, as normal, before we jump into everything, a uh, little life update. I am, I am the most boring of the three of us. I have nothing going on. I am living my best life. Didn't you just have like a cool fundraiser or uh, maybe not fundraiser, cool event with uh, yeah. gingerbread? Yeah. yeah that happened this stuff. past Saturday. Yeah, it's all work related though, you know. You happen to like your work. That's okay. I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, my work, my life update is work related too. So like, you know, yeah. uh, I am packing all of my crap up into boxes. And it is, man, living here for the next two weeks is going to suck. <laughs> All of my fun stuff is going away. I don't have any food in the apartment. Uh, just, you know, the general moving problems. Agreed. Travis, what's your life update? Um, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, little man's doing well. He had his uh, doctor's appointment, his pediatric appointment this week, and he gained one pound, which is really good. So That's like a 20% body fat. A body percent, know, body right? weight increase. That's impressive. I know, right? Yeah. Don't. That'd be like that'd be like me gaining like sheesh, like fifty six pounds <laughs> in a in a week. Yeah. Just don't be John. one of those parents who's like who's like he's in the fortieth percentile in height. Just, nobody gives a shit. Oh god, yeah, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was joking around. I told Mel if he's gonna like uh we should probably put him on a diet if he's gonna keep weighing and gaining weight. And she just looked at me. <laughs> JT and I did get to meet Asher over the yes. weekend. We were very excited. I got to hold and feed the baby. It was yep. fun. I held the baby for approximately three minutes, handed him to my wife, and then that was the last I got to hold him. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that is how that worked. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump in here. Uh, just to our first topic, we're gonna talk about Arena, and we're gonna yeah. talk about the most recent news, which is. $50 for 16 wild cards, 12 rares, and four mythics. Man, I thought we were going to have an easy week until, uh, like, an easy, boring week until Arena went out and did this. Like, come on. <laughs> this is, <laughs> man, this is, this is bad. Yeah, because some uh, of the rares you'd be buying your wild cards for aren't even a dollar or two in paper. So, I when I when I heard this, I'm like, that sounds really crappy. And then I saw a post on Reddit about, uh, you know, here are the top standard decks and what it would cost to just build the deck on Arena versus what it costs to build the deck in paper. And almost all of them, I think it, every single one was comparable. Or considerably less expensive on arena if you're just buying it for fifty in fifty dollar chunks. And that's that's not to say that you wouldn't have leftover wild cards afterwards. Just the minimum number of fifty dollar chunks it was very strange to me that it was that much cheaper. And then I'll take a look at NTGO because I'm thinking, well, we did this deep dive last week with all those legacy decks that are, uh, you know one-tenth, one-twentieth the cost. No, they're like double the cost of uh, of the arena, if, and usually more than a, the paper deck for a standard MTGO deck. 
which is interesting. Yeah. I I just think that this kind of <clears throat> system is seems predatory, you know, buy $50 here, $50 here, $50 here. It just encourages people to keep buying and buying and buying into an economy that they don't get anything out of. That is the big difference between this and arena because if you have if you play arena, sorry, if you play uh, not arena, um, MTGO. If you play MTGO, you physically own the digital objects and you can resell them and trade them and get value out of them. Yes. I, on, on Arena, uh, I think you said it when we were talking about it over on Saturday, was it's taking your money and throwing it in the garbage. Yeah, just sticking it in a hole and lighting it on fire. Um, I am feeling very good about my decision to leave Arena behind after our drain. And it's not like I didn't like purposely like decide I'm done playing arena. I just kind of faded away. I didn't enjoy it as much after the sweet set that was all drain. And then this kind of like petered off and um, boy, have, has, have I been happy about that decision because like you guys got into a whole bunch of things that have just, they started off cool and then they went in the shitter. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I, I, do really enjoy arena i like playing arena i like um that you know and not not just the graphics but the user interface is so much better um yes there are a lot of bugs there are you know a bunch of issues that arena does have do i like it better than mtgo 110 percent um i played some mtgo over the weekend boy <laughs> and my goodness there. yeah my goodness did I forget like how slow and grueling that UI is? And um, you know, and don't don't get me wrong, like I, I like the concept of MTGO better, but the UI on Arena is so much better. So I, I don't understand. You have half of a good thing and half of a good thing. Why not just use the mistakes you made from MTGO and put them like learn from them? But it's like they're not learning from them. So the difference, Travis, is that one of those things arena is a money-making cash cow oh 110 percent. and that's the other one the past, is not <laughs> yeah and uh, i mean over the over the past what five ten years like that's all i don't want to say that's all it's been but like magic has really uh <laughs> really taken a turn for like well, hey uh let's print secret layers let's print um collectors uh collectors let's print all this stuff like like how often do we ever use to get products like that? We had uh, from the vault. That, that and that product was shitty. It, yeah, it wasn't very good. They didn't make um, enough of it, and they learned from that. For uh, so, I hear what you're saying, and I think I like. I, we've talked about this before, where you miss the specialness of stuff. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I don't. Mm -hmm. um, I really like a lot of the products that they put out. They've given me choices on how i spend my money when before it was i could i only have just the base version of a card and a foil version of the card that was usually a lot more expensive gotcha. uh, now gotcha. now i've got like so many different options and a lot of them look really cool to me and that's there was a there was a thing on uh there was a serve Ma magic usually like, periodic puts out surveys right and for the longest time, I didn't understand one of the questions, which was, 
uh, on a scale of one to ten, describe how much you enjoy this this feature. Right, and they listed a whole bunch of ones, and one was expressing yourself through magic, and I didn't understand that. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but the more that I've put into my legacy deck, like you know, getting the specific versions of cards that I like, that I that I think look crit like good, um, I start to get the idea that like oh, I'm kind of expressing myself. I have a specific aesthetic, and the num like the myriad of different styles of cars now are allowing me to express it in a, in a way that i like yeah and, and it's at a reasonable price point compared to what it used to be to yeah and i can similar. and i can understand that and i definitely get that <clears throat> but um to kind of go back to what uh we were discussing like i think a lot of this newer product is a lot of wizards using magic as a cash cow and i think well, and and hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I hope they don't flood the market too much. If that makes any sense. Um, JT, I, I agree with you. It's, it's nice to have options. But, you know, if you have 15 of the same card in different types or in different like prints, you know, it's going to tank the value. And one of the reasons that I feel like magic has stayed viable for so long is not only the, the um, you know, the, the playing of the cards, but the collecting as well. So, so yeah. I, I think, I think that's, I agree that the collecting needs to be valuable. And I think the standard sets are the ones that have suffered from this um, the most. So a standard booster box Right now, it, like a standard draft booster box is pretty much a losing gamble. It pretty much has to be, um, because they have all these unique, more interesting versions that people do want more than the base card frame. I don't know. I, the way I've seen standard sets go over the past, even with even with Kamigawa, where there were so many playable cards, um, value. Value just drops like a stone more than it used to, um, even two years ago. Like, and I think that's because there's three times as many box. There's two times as many boxes to open, so you used to only get draft box, and mm -hmm. now you can go draft set collectors. So think that that's three boxes that are getting opened continuously by people who are cracking packs, building their collection, buying into a new set. You know, I'm drafting with my friends. I'm going to buy a draft box. I bought, personally, I bought a set booster. You bought a set booster. We did the same thing with Strixhaven. You know, it was, you could yeah. buy this or that. And we went, well, we're going to do this because I'm just purely opening it for value and cards that I desire. Yes, I, I would literally, at this point, I would never buy a draft booster box unless I planned on using it specifically for drafting. Yes. Yeah. Um, and apparently the data backs us up. Like, the set booster is just a better product in terms of value. Um, and you get and you get less boosters, but it's still better because you're opening more rares per pack. As a person who has to be space conscious, <laughs> um, less magic cards, but the same amount of rares or more rares, is a plus for me. Um, and, and honestly, a collector boost—that's where collector boosters starts to become um, a, a winning proposition for me. Is it? I wish they weren't so many damn foils. I wish the whole box wasn't foiled, because they curl. They still haven't figured that out. But other than that, 
I like the collector's box because I get 12 packs of 15 cards and I get what, like 48 rares all in various cool treatments, which is what I wanted anyway. Uh, they're more likely to hold their value because collector's boxes are limited print runs. They don't have an unlimited, they don't, they're not printed demand. Um, and I have the money to spend on it. So like, for me, I, those, like, that's, I like the addition of these products because I don't have to, it, it suits the way that I want to spend my money on the game. Yeah. And 10 years ago, JT, we, I think we're all in that mode where like set boosters, collector boosters are better value wise if we want to get a box. But if we were 10 years younger and just starting our lives, we would still probably gravitate towards that cheaper $110 price point of the draft box. I love, I mean, uh, the problem with the draft box right now is that nobody's drafting. No. Uh, Friday Night Magic has been largely dead for the last two years, and that's a huge shame. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I remember having like drafting is so much. It's the best way to collect a set, honestly. Uh, best way to get to know a set, the best way to collect it because you, you know, stores will usually give a discount because they want to get people in the door to do a to do an event. You're sitting down with your friends. Everyone's having a good time, and then if you win, like if you win, you get packs to do to fund your next draft, like. If you're good enough, you go infinite. That was always the dream. Yeah. Well, we I really got away from talking about wild cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, sort of. I mean, yeah, we're still talking about how a game collects cards in a way that's fun and mm-hmm. doesn't cost you fifty dollars for and, sixteen cards. And the my other big issue with this, but spend fifty dollars get sixteen wild cards is. Why can't I take, I can take my physical cards. I have a collection of bulk commons and uncommons and rares sitting beside me. Why can't I, I can take that to a store right now and turn it into new cards. I can't take my arena cards and turn them into new cards. Even if it was like 15 commons gets you an uncommon, you know, I know they have the vault where after you open up so many cards, you get extra wild cards, but there's just no, my, your ROI is just so low. I don't have you know, and, oh, sorry, Travis, you go ahead. No, you're good. I was just going to say, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I loved Hearthstone. Was a big fan of that. I haven't played Hearthstone in a long time. But I think one of the best things that made Hearthstone as good as it was, was the fact that you could, I think it was called disenchanting. You could, I'm sorry? It, it, it was like referred to as dusting. Oh, dusting. Yeah, that's right. So you would you would dust these cards and you would get essentially money to put towards other cards, but it stayed in your account. You had like a um like and if you pulled a super rare gold bordered card, you could dust it for like 1600 and then buy like 12 cards for a new deck. And it was incredible, you know? But like you said JT, like the whole treasure it's just the yeah, I don't think it's a good good program to have. So there are a lot of things that can be said about this wild card thing. The one that is the most egregious to me, as like fifty dollars, right? They could have at least given you actual wild cards, not like 
here's 12 rares and four mythics that could give you 16 of any card that you wanted for 15 50 dollars and it would be no different it's just like oh so i need i don't i need 12 mythics but i don't need any rares oh shit now i have to pay 150 dollars to get them they could have just done that like they could have just given you it's a premium price at least give you a premium product give you the option give you agency and what you get yeah it's and, and for fifty dollars, sorry, Travis. Go ahead. No, you're good. No, no, go ahead. Uh, for fifty dollars, you can get the the gem equivalent. Like if you go buy fifty dollars worth of gems, gets you forty six packs of magic cards of whatever of the set. That's forty six rares, not including the ticker that happens, and you get you build it up. So it's like what every seven packs you get a while, a rare, plus yeah. all the uncommons and comms you get, and every five after a certain amount you get a mythic. And then you're gonna open mythic and rare wild cards in that. In this case, cracking the fifty dollars worth of packs may just be better. You may get the rares you want. You're gonna get extra stuff you're gonna need. It just might be better value. It's <laughs> this was part of an article uh, and a and a web video that they were doing. It's like we hear that you have been complaining about the economy and arena. We don't have any answers for how to fix it yet. But here, you can buy stuff for $50. It does not inspire confidence in me that they're going that, that the people in charge of the finances of Arena are going to do the right thing. Well, no, and as long as people continue to pay that $50 to get those rares, which they will, and I'm not, I'm not saying anything bad about people that do that, because trust me, I'm a very, very instant gratification focused person and grinding rares and grinding rare myth or rare mythic wild cards kills me on the inside. But sometimes I, I just go, it's, it's too much, you know? Um, when, when I built, uh, mech Titan, uh, I actually spent $50 on gems to buy packs to get wild cards. And I got a whole bunch of good stuff and a whole bunch of fun stuff, but uh, I sat there and went, okay, well, I just spent $50 and I didn't even get enough rares to build uh, the Mech Titan deck that I needed to build. So then I had to cash in some of my gems that I already had saved up and then cash in some of my gold that I already had saved up. And in in essence, I think it was like $110 or $120 worth of gems and gold and such. And I was like, okay, um, can you imagine trying to do this? with every deck or if I would have paid the full 120 or 130 or however much it was, you know, and by, I think I have a one rare wild card left over from all that. And let's say a new deck comes out that you really want and you don't have any of the new cards and you know, you want to play in this standard season, you're not going to be able to farm 30 rare wild cards in I, I mean, I don't even know how long that would take because it, it took me quite a while unless you're playing every minute, eight hours a day, like seven days a week. And like normal people just don't have that time. And uh, the $50 is that instant gratification, which is why I think people will be spending the money for it. But if you need 30, if you need 30 wild cards, you're spending 150 bucks just on the wild cards. It's- you know? I have to ask, like, can we just try not 
to do to, to buy this and see if they can if we can make enough uproar about this maybe they'll walk back the price to something more reasonable and that's where my next question comes in what's the reasonable price point for buying wild cards half that cost you know three quarters a quarter somewhere in between like what what is the number that you think is a reasonable number I would say for this product, I would pay 20 bucks. I, I feel like that's a comfortable price point for a lot of people. 20 bucks, you know, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. You know, it can add up. I feel like it would add up faster. It, it's that idea of let's make a product so good people don't mind spending on it. And yeah. at this price point, it's not so good. Like Apple's a, Apple does a genius thing where they give you 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. It's 99 cents a month. Is anybody going to care about that? It's a dollar a month. I don't pay for it. Uh, well, I, for my job <laughs> and for Becca, I, we do because we go through. I burn through. I, my phone has a ton of memory and I'm already filling it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just what you're doing. It's it's worth it. And it's a dollar. And they made it 99 cents. The value looks better than what you're actually getting. And for 20 bucks on a freemium product, which is what Arena was supposed to be. I think that would make people feel a little more comfortable. Twenty dollars is yeah. Uh, what do you think, Travis? Yeah, and I mean, I, I honestly, I think twenty dollars is a good point price point for for that. But it it's not just that they need to fix. They need to have some way if they're gonna if they're gonna expect us to spend money on cards, then they have to find a way that we can utilize our collections better, not just sitting here can't trade. Like, could you imagine? Like, let's say there wasn't even like let's say there wasn't even a um oh boy what am i looking for like a store like an mtgo where you could sell and buy but they allowed you to trade cards with friends like just uh, just so, anything you so know that so the reason is that doesn't work because the accounts are free and everyone can get cards you basically you double the amount of of uh if you make a second account, you double the amount of gold you get a day. You double the amount of packs you get per day. Double amount of wild cards, and you just trade them between. Yeah. Okay. So that's why well, we can't do trading. And I'm fine with that. So, I mean, honestly, I think they need to go towards a dust system, because right now I'm looking at it. I'm sitting on 160 uncommons and 140 common rares. What am I ever going? Wild yeah. cards? Okay. Wild cards, not rares. Sorry. Um, when am I ever going to use those? Because you get a bunch when you open packs as you go. Yeah. They give you a free pack here. You, you, you no, no, not, not, not how did he get them. When is he going to use yeah, when, them? Yeah, when am I ever going to use those? Yeah. Like, I have one rare, and then I have 19 mythic rares. Like, first problem. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, at least they're giving us more rares than mythic rares in the, in the bundle, but still. Yes. But even like Zach had mentioned, let's say you could trade, I don't know, five uncommons for one rare. And you could also downplay it. So if I need more uncommons, I can trade one rare for five uncommons. Five myth or one mythic rare wild card for five rare wild cards, you know, something, something along those lines. I, I think having that, and you don't have to let it happen. You, you could put all kinds of restrictions on it. You can do this movement three times a day, you know. Or and, 
honestly, how about just do it at the beginning of the season? New cards come out. Hey, look, you guys can dust your old wild cards, uh, turn them into, you can dust them up, basically. Yeah. And you can uh, get the new cards in the set, but you got to, the idea would be then you have to know what you want going into it. Uh, I like the idea of like the time, uh, time gated. So that yeah. uh, there's still an element of like we need to make money off of this somehow. We can't just give you like it, the the one thing that we have to remember is that this product has to make money. Yeah. That is why it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so like obviously they're gonna try and do their job. Somebody's job over there is to make it make as much money as possible, and other people's job is to make the game functional and work and. Like, obviously, there's a balance that has to be struck in order for the product to make the most money, but, you know. It's a delicate line. Uh, Well, continuing with the arena talk, then. Yeah. uh, Let's talk about alchemy. We've gotten two alchemy sets now. (sighs) I want to start off by saying I think alchemy killed historic, and that's what I primarily play on arena. and. I play from time to time just as something to do. But man, do those cards just feel, have a lot of feel bad moments in a lot of ways. So, oh, oh, go ahead. uh, I have not played with any of the arena cards. I have opinions on their design. Uh, Travis, did you, why don't you guys talk about, why don't you guys go back and forth with this? I do not have skin in this game. Uh, I have skin in the, idea of like the existence of alchemy cards and why i don't like it uh for the most part but you guys go ahead and talk about the format gotcha well i mean the the thing is with me too with alchemy cards is I, i i do like the idea it does it's almost like a hearthstone you know and that's what hearthstone was but if you want a hearthstone style game play hearthstone don't <laughs> Don't don't play magic, and I think that's kind of what they were doing was they were trying to take a little bit of everything and make it good, and it turned into a cluster. Um, and as for the rarities of these alchemy cards, like there there's no base of it because a lot of the rarities are based off of like limited. Yeah. Hey, question for you, Zach. Uh, so the alchemy. When I say uh, when you guys when you're saying alchemy cards, are you talking about the rebalanced? Rebalanced cards are the ones that ruined it, or the alchemy only cards that have been added to the format. The or alchemy both. only, the alchemy only cards. I actually like the idea that they can nerf it because it makes yeah, magic. Not. You're not a fan, Travis. I'm not a fan of that. See, I, I like it because it makes mm. it makes magic a different game when I play arena versus when I play in paper. So it's like I'm playing a fresh new game. So that's my idea. I think that's terrible because uh, so. I was watching Brian Koval um, doing some somebody it might have been, it was either Brian Koval or Saffron Olive. Somebody put uh, no, it was it was Andrea Mangucci was was Channel Fire Channel Fireball. Uh, he was he had a video and he pulled up a picture of Teferi Time Raveler, talking about it in his legacy oh. deck. And guess which Teferi Time Raveler showed up in the picture on the side. The alchemy one, the four, the four mana, right? So that is that's where I draw the line. Um, 
from what I understand, most of the alchemy only cards aren't like super powerful format warping the way that a lot of Modern Horizons 2 cards that they added to alchemy were. Uh, I think some of the designs are, some of the designs are neat, and we'll get into the ones that I like and which ones I don't. But the idea that these redesigns um, take a card that you know and play with in paper and then change it for a format uh, and then don't give you... (laughs) When this first happened with cards like... um, What was the one? The Uh, White Man... The white two, the white two mana, one drop, uh, Luminarch Aspirant. Uh, they changed what the card did, and now it's not good enough anymore. And they don't give you any wild cards for the te- card they took out of your deck. The card mm-hmm. was, it's not, it's not banned in any format. They decided that it was too powerful for for whatever reason, and they nerfed it. It's that's. So I'm with Travis on this one, at least. I don't mind the existence so much of these arena-only cards because, for the most part, they don't seem particularly egregious uh, in that sense. And we'll get to why I don't like them later, but you guys can still have your... Yeah, and and I agree with you 110%. Like, I, I could, as much as I don't like it, I could deal with it if they wanted to say, hey, we're going to make... We're going to make alchemy cards. And they're only going to be available on MTG Arena. Okay, whatever. But then when they started saying, hey, we're going to start nerfing cards that were printed in paper. Because it, they're, they're too damaging to the format. And that, that just that killed me on the inside. Because <laughs> yeah. like it's, if it's printed in paper, it should be the exact same thing online. Yeah. It's, that's where I'm at. And I forgot where I was going. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that the cards. Oh, I lost my train of thought entirely. So. So, my opinion on the on alchemy cards in general fall into three. I think alchemy cards fall into roughly three categories. One, you've got your lazy card design. Uh, for MTGO, like not for not for MTGO for Arena, like you're using M- these these new mechanics, and the card design just feels like you were told to use these mechanics. It's like it, it, it's designed without heart. Um, then you've got the cool designs that are you know a little sleeker online than you would have in paper. But you could probably make them work in paper. But now we never will because we wasted them on an arena-only card. So when I th- the card I'm thinking of in particular is uh, the transmuter from this one. Let's see here. It's the one that turns all the cards in your hand into artifacts or enchantments. Uh, per- perpetually. There are so many ways that you could have made a card that did something like this. It wouldn't do the exact same thing, but it would have been so cool to have it in paper. 
because I, it, the ability is really neat. Like, I want to be able to turn the cards that I play into either artifacts or enchantments. Um, and because they've made this card using abilities that are only available on, on Arena, like the Perpetually, and use it like referencing cards that are specifically in your hand when it's cast, I won't get to play with that card because it... <sighs> Because it won't exist in paper. I won't be able to brew any sweet competitive deck space off of it. Um, and that's frustrating to me. It's taking away good, clever design space from paper cards when you didn't have to. You could have made a card that did a similar thing. And then the last section are cards that I actually kind of like. Um, they're the spellbook ones. I hate those cards. Those are so, just... those, those those are so frustrating to play against, and that's my feels bad moment. Is those just twist what could it twists magic in a way? Uh, we have one card that does that in paper. Gar, uh, Garth the one eyed. He makes yep. like old cards. He creates tokens, but you only get a certain. The spellbook cards are if they worked like he did, where it was. Oh, you have activated him. You got your Black Lotus. You can't get that again. But the problem with these are they're repeatable and you can get the same card and it creates a very unstoppable way for that deck to go. And it, it makes it very frustrating to play against when it, it makes other strategies null and void. So that's the big problem. The reason I included Garth in my in my like list on there is that I would like to see more cards like that in paper not a whole lot more mind you um and i again i think the problem for me with the arena alchemy cards is that if you wanted to you could make cards that do similar things in paper and that would be cool and instead you've decided that you're going to do them for arena and i will never get to play with them in a competitive format because yeah. i have decided that the arena economy is does not work for me. I don't enjoy the the UI as much as Travis does. Um, I don't think that Magic is an online game for me, honestly. I think it's a paper thing. Um, and it might be just the fact that I get to go out and meet people. And that has been one of the biggest blessings of my life is that I picked... <laughs> when I was in... <laughs> when I was nine, I happened to pick a <laughs> a, a card game that got me friends and is a repeatable source of developing friendships over the course of my life. Yeah. Um, so it takes the online part takes away from the social aspect because you play on it, arena, you can't even talk to your opponent. You can click like hello and that's it. Yeah. I it's it's just a different kind of thing. I think that I am I think that I've figured out that I'm really just a paper player. Um and that okay, I like okay boomer. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, seriously though it, it's fine yeah. it's but yeah yeah I, I i like the idea of more cards like Gar like garth the one-eyed you know sprinkle them in here and there the modern masters moderation right. is the key <laughs> moderation is the key but the thing is with arena they did so many and some of them are so good and just so abrasive and difficult for certain strategies to deal with that it takes over the game when you can go get Teferi's Protection four turns in a row. But now, 
you can get Teferi's other. I can't remember the name of the card because I've only played it against it a handful of times, and I was just frustrated by it. You, it lets you go get like the cards from Strixhaven's uh, Mystical Archive. That was basically everything it got. It got Teferi's Protection, Approach the Second Sun. So you could get Approach the Second Sun, and it created a physical thing that didn't go away. Like Garth creates a token that when it goes away, it goes away. It doesn't get shuffled back into your deck. What makes a copy of that card, which if you cast it, becomes a token. Yeah, if, yeah. If you but, if you cast the permanent spell, it comes to yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but that's not that's how it works in arena. So you could play approach a second sun, and instead of being a token that would disappear, it goes back into your deck, or goes into your graveyard where you can rebuy it, or goes into and it. It creates for some really bad play patterns, in my opinion. Yeah, that was the other thing about perpetually like. Perpetually is just one of those things like that I think is, it it's just doesn't gel with my understanding of how the game works. It it fundamentally changes the way magic works because when an object changes location, it's a new object. And so perpetually it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. Um but what was the there there was the other card. Um there were some of those the the starting intensity cards from alchemy this from the kamigawa alchemy you could have just done it with counters we even have technology to track counters from location to location or you can give the player a counter like there were other ways to do it within the rules as printed you didn't have to make up a whole new worthless keyword exactly lazy design that yep. that that's what i'm getting at um and and i agree with travis the rarity sometimes doesn't make sense like that uh what is it the cultivator from the new one, the mythic. I, I think it was pleasant. No, it's from the alchemy set for yeah. I'm I'm gonna look it up real quick, but uh, I do believe it was Pleasant Kenobi who tweeted, This isn't uncommon. This is why is this why is this a mythic? We get this card at uncommon. It was like Kadama's reach on a creature. Oh. It was a mythic. And it it didn't make very much sense from a design. It was just a way to get you to spend more mythic. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that's kind of what alchemy is. I, I think very few of the playable ones are under rare. I think most of them you, are rare to mythic. You also can't, um, whatchamacallit, uh, you can't alchemy. open them in packs. Yeah, yeah, you have to... Or oh, no, you, you, can, can, you can buy alchemy packs. Yeah. Okay. And you can't the open them in, set, in set boosters. In, yeah. set, in set packs. Yeah, and you can't open them if you buy non-alchemy boosters. You don't get alchemy cards. If you buy alchemy boosters... You can't get cards from the set, <laughs> or you get some cards from the set, but some aren't. It's it's awful, and they're, and they're the same price. It's so frustrating. That is, especially for a person who doesn't do an extensive amount of research before they go buy. Yep, that's just a feels bad waiting waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. These are all new things that I haven't known before because I haven't touched it, and it's just reminding me just just stay out of it, JT. Just leave it alone. Yeah, you're fine. Travis, I know you play historic from time to time. What do you what do you think about all that? I mean, I'm I'm kind of on the same boat as both of you guys. I uh it I enjoyed historic because it definitely had a little bit of a modern feel to it, and I really enjoyed modern when I played. And um yeah, I don't know. I personally I I don't like them being able to just alter the cards, like I had mentioned, and uh, nerf them, essentially. 
Because if they print a really bad card, can they can they buff it? <laughs> yeah, they do actually. They do. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying. That's that's ridiculous. So uh, I don't know. It's just I like I'm still gonna play historic. That's probably gonna be my arena format. But until, until they get at least announce what the actual matching paper format is going to be. Yeah. It's not Pioneer anymore, allegedly. Who knows? Yeah. So it's just a just a weird, weird thing that Arena's in right now. Like a weird, weird area that Arena's in right now. And I hope I hope that as time goes on they correct their mistakes or listen. Wizards has shown that it can and will listen to its player base. So let's hope that they continue to do that with their biggest cash cow right now. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, that's the thing is as long as they're making decisions that end up costing them money, uh, they will, they will course correct. Yeah. So we've got to hit them in the wallet and when they do, we'll get what we want. Yeah. That's a collective effort though. And that's yeah. really difficult. Uh, I feel like for the $50 wild cards, it may not be so difficult. No, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of complaint about that from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and but some good roasting I, on Twitter. But then, but then Travis is completely right though. Like $50, like I need to finish my deck $50. I'm just done and ready to play. Like that, that is appealing aside from the price point. Yeah. They make it $20. I think it happens more often. Yeah. But the, does it happen two and a half times more often? Maybe actually it's a good yeah. point. That's the kind of price point that you might be able to like, you know, I want to, uh, I'm going to build a new deck. Oh, it's only 40 bucks to, to build this deck done. I'm in. Oh, I don't like this one. I'm just going to switch it to another one. And then yeah. You, like, maybe. Maybe. All right. Let's, let's switch gears. Let's, let's talk about paper magic. Well, Yay, please. some yeah. paper magic stuff. Let's talk about commander. Um, Last week ish, yeah, give or take. Yeah, it was, it was last Sheldon week. Sheldon Mennery, uh, the head of the rules committee, uh, voice of the most popular format in Magic right now, Commander, uh, put out an article, and he, in well, my opinion, the... missed the mark. Okay, so I'm gonna let's just say what the article is about. Yeah. His article was on command the speed of the commander format. And I would love to just go into this and say that um I'm not a fan of what of what he said, but I kind of ended up by the time I finished the article, I feel like he had one solid point that agree that I agreed with because we'll we'll get into it, but I at the end of the day, I ended up agreeing with what he said. How he got there, I don't necessarily agree with. And that's fair. So the big takeaway was, or one of the big takeaways here was, he really didn't touch upon, is it better to talk to care more about the player's interest at, at large, the players that we are, you are, the people listening are, or the interests of the people who created the format? Um, what's the integ- is there more integrity in honoring the player base or integrity in honoring what you created? So the philosophy document uh, yes. is a big is a big portion of this. Um, 
that he specifically mentioned two sides, like specifically at one point in the article mentioned this specific thing that we just talked about. And he did not answer what he felt uh, was the correct answer for him. And I think that, I think to me, that means that, I don't know, it's from a player who joined later into the format, who was came from competitive. Um, I don't see commander. I, I, I don't see commander as this dirtily format. Uh, I see it as a place to do really cool uh, things that you just can't do in other formats because you have a bit more time. You have multiplayer, you have politics. Uh, it's a different kind of social. It's not necessarily competitive, but it's also not uncompetitive. And Zach and I have talked about this before, and sometimes we feel that the Commander uh, Rules Committee kind of encourages non-competitiveness, if that makes sense, um, with some of their philosophy, with, with sort of like the philosophy document at times. Um, they kind of allow competitive to exist, uh, but Sheldon clearly has his uh, wants the format to be slower and not necessarily proceeding to an end game, using it as a social, uh, yeah, social event. I think part of his remembering the article, part of his saying is when we sat down, it wasn't about having a deck that did anything game ending like we have now with like. Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation. I win the game, three mana, boom. It was doing cool things and sitting around with your friends. And that's what it was when I started playing in 2009, 2010, when I played in college. On Tuesday nights, we sat at a table and we played. We started at 7, because that's when everybody's classes like finished up, basically. We played till they kicked us out at 10, 10.30 from Gemmel. Travis remembers. Oh, yeah. And the decks sat there. There was very little interaction. Somebody played a counterspell, but there was like two in the deck, uh, a little bit of removal, but everybody was just like, bull we were all bullshitting and doing what our deck did. It was, I'm going to get to my thing. Who gets to their thing first? And it was, it was, it was a cold war until the end. And then somebody pressed the button and all hell broke loose. That's not. And I agree with Trav. With JT, that's not what I like to see anymore. I like having that end game, that games. What we played on Saturday, we got in, what, 10, 11 games in Something like that. four or five hours, you know, instead of two. So the one of the things that was mentioned in the article is players. So there's a couple of different. Concern. So the main concern was that the speed of commander has increased too much. That that is uh, the opinion of Sheldon. Essentially, is that the the format has increased its speed uh, to an, a degree that he is not particularly happy with um, as an as a whole. However, he doesn't feel that it's appropriate to do anything about it other than use the rule zero talk before you begin the game. Uh, and that's where I agreed with him because my the causes of the power creep, um, I'm sorry, the causes of the speed creep are things like power creep because Wizards is printing more powerful cards. Uh, 
an influx of players from competitive formats, um, which is where Travis and I come from. So while Zach remembers the days of uh, Battle Cruiser Magic, Travis and I have only played Commander for the last like four years, pretty much. Uh, we got into it right before the pandemic started. Uh, and it was really hard to get me into Commander. I was very against it. I had to yeah. sit down at, I had to sit down in your house at 1030. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and 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 I'm right there with you. Um that Zach, one of the things that you loved about Commander was actually one of the things that I really disliked about Commander. Um I, I hated the early commander of spending f- like in a four player pod spending four hours or five hours on one game just waiting for something to pop off. And then essentially in the end it was because a lot of the games that I played early on was just um it it was <laughs> essentially people getting tired of playing and going, all right, well, I swing out. <laughs> and that just it, it wasn't my style, which is why when I first started playing, I I tried to play like like my the first commander deck I ever built was Jora. And uh, the, the get to. No, oh. I'm sorry, not Jora, uh Joda. Joda, Archmage Eternal, yes. Yes. Uh which was all right, well, if everybody's just going to play slow big things, I'm going to play slow big things just quicker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's that got me into Commander a little bit. I'm like, okay, I wonder what crazy stuff we can do in decks. And then instead of playing, like, the whole, like, slow process thing, I started getting into weird variations, like uh, Galena was one of my every favorite deck decks. You, every deck that you had for a while was just cheat stuff into play. You had Yidris Maelstrom Wielder. You had yep. Raids, uh, yep. Conjurer Adept. <laughs> uh, it was all about cheating stuff into play. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. So that's one type of thing that has increased the speed of the format. Now, Zach actually represents the other type. The person who's uh, grown as a Magic player, like kind of leveled up their game, leveled up their decks, kind of iterated on their own stuff. And as a result is doing things more efficiently. So he sped up by playing better cards, playing more magic, getting better at the game, and kind of changing. And now his philosophy has changed, as you just heard. Like, as the slow battle cruiser isn't the fun thing anymore. Um, and so where does that leave the slow battle cruiser magic? that Sheldon Menory loves so much uh, and has made mention of it, Zach? You can still play it. Exactly. Now, when you sit down at a table, you go, this deck likes to dirtle, draw cards, put big fatties on play, and I'm going to win through combat at, at turn 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. You can say that. I've said it before. You don't have to give away the exact combo or synergy that your deck has. You just have to be honest with the people you're playing and be like, I win on t- turn 13 when I play this deck. It can win sometimes on turn 10 or turn 8 or whatever, but on average, I'm winning in the teens of my turns. So that's what that exactly that in that spirit was what the commander event that we did here at state called the commander league that we started. It wasn't necessarily to have a, you know, a, a, a league play. That was just a happy accident that came from it. The idea was to get equal equal lower power level card decks out there into the hands of people who have already leveled up so that we have something to play with the people that are just starting out. 
um, it's really hard to play against a battle cruiser player when your decks are optimized and they're dead before they got to play anything but like a couple extra b b before they ramped it all. Like they didn't ramp at all, so they're on turn. They're playing their fifth land and they're dead because everyone else has got nine mana and doing stuff. Yeah, get have. I mean. This is a good argument to have decks of varying power level. Yes, Just... and, and we all have that. We have our CEDH all the way down to, like, I'm going to sit here and dirtle and do my thing. But bottom line, there's a place for all of it. And at the very end of the day, Sheldon wholeheartedly agrees to that point. Yes, uh, and to the dismay of many on Reddit where Sheldon says rule zero is always the key factor in determining how much fun you have with commander as really it, is. That's what, it is. It It's not a cop out. It's, it's the honest truth that you get to say, Hey, we're, we're going to do, I, I want to play this kind of deck. Can you guys match that? Do I need to, do I need to pull out a different deck? Do I need to pull out a lesser deck? And just being honest with the people around you, uh, that, don't be the person who goes in and pub stomps because that's no fun for anybody. You'll have less fun because you won't. They won't invite you back. Yes, <laughs> and we've talked about that before. Commander yeah. etiquette's a thing. Yes, please follow it. Please, yeah. please be nice to the people you're playing with. And that's what it will adjust the speed. And having the separate kind of format of CEDH level stuff. Yeah, you know, and that's that's completely fine. And that is that a completely different format, and it yes. is. It can be very fun. Yeah, we had fun with it. We had started to have way more fun with it. Yeah. The nuclear arms race that is those <laughs> games. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about the speed of Commander, Travis? I know you haven't been in it that long and Well yeah, I mean I, I, I exactly what you guys have mentioned. Um I really like where it's at right now where um I, I like that they distinguish between C E D H and E D H. Um personally I think that people think that if their deck is missing one dole land then it's still just edh however they're winning consistently on turn three <laughs> um and that's one thing is it's it's hard to categorize the power of a deck um, I... based solely on the commander so you have it goes into what cards you have in the deck what types of way you're trying to win so you have to know the own own power level of your deck. Like, like I consider my Urza deck CEDH, but it's absolutely not optimized. It's just, it's very controlling. It's very staxy. If I were to go to a CEDH pod, I'd probably get pooped on because that, I, uh, don't know the meta I, I don't, game. that's the yeah. big one. Well, yeah, I don't know the metagame, but, but also I, um, you know, it's it's not optimized. It's not as consistent as it can be. However, if I were to take my Urza deck to a four-person pod on Friday Night Magic with people who are playing decks straight out of the box, they'll walk away from the table. As then, Urza. yeah, I don't, I don't want to drop. Fuck you, Craig. To end, so... to end, to end tonight on a more happy note. Let's let's uh, let's give a little happy ending. Oh wait, that sounds terrible. Uh, I think it okay. sounded let me, amazing. Let me... <laughs> let's all let's all just have a happy oh, no. ending, guys. Oh, let's God. use our let's use our hands. Let's clap, and let's have a happy ending. Gotta go. Uh...
I was going to try and make a pun about rubbing something, but like nothing uh. was working. Um, but yeah. We don't want to so, rub people the wrong way. We need to have a happy ending. That's it. AT, take it away. So, we did a lot of shit talking on Arena tonight for all of its faults. Uh, I I boomered my way through it. Uh, But I will say this. At the very least, Arena is a free-to-play, casual magic format that I can use to teach new players how to play for free better than I could probably have done on my own. Uh, It allows you to get practice with it uh, and helps you learn the rules incrementally. And that's, that's pretty cool. Agreed. I I really, that is a good tool for arena. It's very new person friendly. Uh, Travis, what do you, uh, what do you got for us? Yeah. And, um, (sighs) You know, there, there's a lot of a lot of opinions on a lot of things that Magic has to offer, um, and we're all gonna agree to disagree on certain areas. But the most important the most important part uh, for everyone to understand and remember is just have fun. You know, whatever you do, have fun with it. Build friendships, build communities. Um, like I said, that's one of my favorite and most important parts of. Uh, Magic the Gathering. So, you know, don't take everything you hear to heart. If somebody doesn't like something, you know, or if somebody likes something that you don't like, then just don't do it. Like, that's all there is to it. Do what you think's fun. Yeah. All right. I'd like to thank everybody again for listening. Everybody out there who gives us a listen and a follow. We genuinely appreciate it. We honestly appreciate every single one of you guys. Yes. Everybody. And we. Also, we'd like to thank our sole sponsor, Gingerbread Man Running. Shop gingerbread, shopgbm.com for all your running shoe needs. Talk needs. Talk to me on the internet. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.